This episode of the What If Podcast is brought to you in part by Button Poetry, where poetry isn't dead. As the premier place online for live performance videos of spoken word and slam poetry, Button Poetry won't bore you like your high school English textbooks did. Find real stories you'll want to listen to and art you'll actually care about by visiting them today at buttonpoetry.com. Welcome to the What If Podcast with your hosts, Spencer Worth Davis and Ryan Copperood. What's going on? What's happening, bro? <laughs> We're about to get weird. Yeah. What if you found something strange? Something strange, man. That's uh, our episode today. Yeah. We, I mean, I, I guess we're never not getting weird on the What If Podcast, but... No, but just more specifically weird. Sometimes we get, like, uh, nature weird. Today we're just getting weird weird. Yeah. But I don't think... I'm not planning to talk about aliens at all. I don't know about you. I think... Or conspiracies. I feel, well, maybe a little. <laughs> I feel like we should have like built up some really triumphant and like crazy music for the moment that you say, I'm not trying to talk about aliens today. Because <laughs> that's this will maybe literally be the first day in history that that has been the case. I'll, uh, I'll put a, a fanfare in and post. <laughs> no aliens. No aliens. Um, no, we are not talking about aliens today, but we're talking about a whole bunch of oddities. And I think, so Spencer and I collect weird stories just... Uh-huh. As people, uh, we started collecting more stories when we were like, oh, shit, we should talk about this on the show. Other people might want to hear these weird stories. <laughs> these, yeah, right. I mean, someone passed them to us being like, hey, you like weird shit. You might like this. And we're like, right. yeah, we do. Um, this this one that I'm going to talk about, I actually stumbled upon on my own many years ago. Ooh. Yeah. Um, I don't even know where the one that I found came from. I think I, maybe I did find it on my own as well no i mean like i physically found the thing that i'm about to talk about oh like in yeah. your real life you have yeah. a personal experience I with do. the the strangeness yeah uh today i guess really what we have is a collection of three stories about uh finding something strange and, and unexplainable and unexplainable and it, that will make more sense as we get through all of today's stories yeah um am i going first well, we have a quick update that we have to give to the people. Oh, we, we got Bruno Watch. Before we dive in. Bruno Watch um, 2017. Yeah, the nice part about Bruno Watch 2017 is not only do we have an update, but Bruno it Watch actually- keeps delivering. Yeah, it keeps delivering. Uh, it also kind of perfectly matches with the subject. True, it's tonight. actually relevant for once. Yeah. Um, Instead of us just forcing you to listen to, <laughs> us, to updates about Bruno that you probably don't care about. Us discuss a, a Brazilian uh, young man who- mm-hmm. Did some weird stuff. Um, yeah, Bruno got a book deal. Bruno got a book deal. For Hell those of yeah. you who don't know, Bruno Borges is a dude who uh, went missing, and in when he went missing in his bedroom, he had left something strange. Four, uh, 14 encrypted books and a bunch of paintings of him wearing robes with aliens and, and Masonic symbols. And a statue in the middle of the room. And a statue of uh, Bruno... What's the philosopher's name? Uh, Giordano Bruno. That yes. Guy. Um, his family and friends definitely found something strange in place of where they, they thought. Did. They Although were... I think they probably knew about it. Yeah. Because they're now getting his books published. Um, yes. We need to start a separate Patreon page to fund the translation of the book when it comes out Ooh. so that we can all share it. Wow. Or if we have any listeners who speak Portuguese, 
go ahead and hit us up. That's real. Because I will totally buy a copy of that book if someone wants to translate even a few pages of it. Yeah, we wouldn't make you translate an entire book. That would be your Yes, we will. <laughs> we would politely ask you if you have a bunch of free time on your <laughs> got like five bucks I could throw you. Um, but yeah, Bruno's book is coming out. I think they have a date for it. Already? Damn, think, that happened really quickly. I think really there's a, a release date for the book. Uh, I'm going to check our own Facebook page to confirm this. That's tight. Um, Go I like us was, on Facebook right now. We'll send you more weird links to share. Oh yeah, Facebook.com slash what if pod. And uh, shout out to Gabe. He started a Facebook group this week too. Thanks, Gabe. So if you just search for what if podcast on Facebook, now there's a, a group where you guys can talk about weird shit either that we talked about on the show or just uh, if you want some fellow weirdos to talk to. There's like 40 of them. And us. Well, yeah, we're in there too. We yeah, are definitely dude, it comes out. Uh, you can pre order it. I'm trying to guess at what this Portuguese means. I think it says, there are two dates, and one says pre-vendo, which I'm assuming is pre-order, July 7th. Well done. And then it says something, Lancamento Nacional, uh, July 21st. So I think it comes out on July 21st. Does that mean like nationwide release or That's something? That's what I'm, I'm guessing. I feel like with this fast turnaround, there's a distinct possibility that there was already a book deal in place, and they were like, "No, who's gonna buy this book? Nobody. Well, how are we gonna get him to buy his book? I don't know. What if he dies or disappears <laughs> or does something super weird? How about all three? All right, perfect. Done. Now at least twelve people will buy it. <laughs> he's <laughs> and I will be one of them. He's not gonna. He's not gonna have much of a career if he's dead or disappeared. I'll I'll buy a copy of it and put it on LimeWire and share it with you guys. <sighs> Whoa, dude, I haven't heard the word LimeWire in a really long time. Is that still a thing? Can you have LimeWire? I, 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 I think just Googling it will probably give my computer a virus. <laughs> it's going to end up with a bunch of porn on my computer somehow. That or your uh, laptop's going to start on fire and this episode's going to end. The first link is Wikipedia. The second one is a link to download LimeWire. Wow. From I don't really want to click on it. Where? LimeWire.en.softonic.com. Mm, that sounds... I'm going to click on it. What's the right. worst that can happen? That still sounds questionable. Oh, but... this download is no longer available. Well, yeah. yeah, it doesn't exist anymore. Well. And there's a weird pop-up ad. All right. All right, get away, get away, run, run. <laughs> uh, yeah, but Bruno's book is coming out in, like, whatever that is, three weeks or something. All right, well, we'll see what he was... Uh, or well, I guess we'll try to see what he was being crazy about all over his walls and in his binders. Uh, I'm sure Google Translate can get it mostly right if we track down a copy. Yeah, as long as we get a digital version. You can do the thing with your phone, too, though. Oh, yeah. You hold it over some text. It's actually pretty good. Is it? Mm -hmm. And then you I've just, used like, it before. screen grab it so that it... Yeah, or, I mean, like, if you... Like if you had a menu or something, yeah. you can you just open up the camera or it opens up the camera through the app, yep. the Google Translate app. Yep. And if you hold it over text, it'll like overlay the text in whatever language you're translating to on the image in real time. It's fucking crazy. When do I get that but like a version that just makes shit around me cooler? Huh? Like I want I want like Google glasses that go over my face, but it's like, oh, this That's is usually where glasses go. This well, right. Uh, but I mean, like, theirs is just a little square. I want something that is, like, potentially... The Jordy LaForge visor? Yes, exactly. <laughs> and, I want it, and I want it to be like, oh, Google recognizes that, like, that's an ad you don't want to see. Here's here's a picture of something weird or cool or interesting instead. Yeah, I don't think that's going to happen. 
I think our self-driving cars are going to like project ads into our windshields instead Ugh. or drive us past billboards or something. <laughs> You're taking me the wrong way. Shh, 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 shh. This trip is presented to you by McDonald's. <laughs> oh, You're now at McDonald's. Uh, it's going to happen, bro. Oh God! I know All right, let's get into our uh, people found weird shit stories. Yeah. Uh, from, from one weird shit story to another, um, what if you found something? What if you found weird shit would have been a better title, but I think iTunes might have booted us. <laughs> they censored me last week. I cussed in a description for the first time. Oh, no. Did I we said, get rejected? I, I, no, it just it automatically censors it. I said, like, the oceans are weird as fuck or something in the, in the like, first line of the description. The, and, the, the description. <laughs> <laughs> for what it's worth, I'm drinking Surly beer right now. I'm drinking, drinking La Croix. And still can't speak. Okay. But, yeah, they censored us last week. Jerks. Uh, does so it, did Facebook. Does it does it say F dot 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 or mm-hmm. like oh yeah. interesting asterisk 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 mm. I can say that but I can't say description well they anyway. can't fucking censor us on here so eat a dick Apple <laughs> all right all right man so you got am I, am I you're going kicking first? us off man right. what right. strange thing did you find bro you actually found this where were you I was in Washington D.C. okay in let's see I was probably fifteen. This is probably like 2001, okay. 2002, something, okay. like, something like that. And I was walking across the street and in the intersection attached, like affixed to the pavement in the street mm-hmm. was a uh, tile, probably about the size of like a license plate. Okay. Like a lin- linoleum tile with text on it that said... Uh, what was the text? Hold on. I got it written down. It says Toynbee Idea, T-O-Y-N-B-E-E. Toynbee Idea in Kubrick's 2001 Resurrect Dead on Planet Jupiter. All right. Yeah. And I was like, that's really weird. It stuck out to me because I had just watched 2001 for the first time, like a, a few weeks prior. You also don't find tiles with like random text on it in public spaces that and that's like seemed kind of unofficial right and street art was like not a huge thing yet then like there was graffiti but nobody was doing like stuff like oh, fixing cool, shit yeah and it was the way it is attached is weird too because it's like it was part of the road it looked like it was sunk into the pavement so it was level with the t- top of the pavement it oh, wasn't like sticking it up been... over it well linoleum is pretty thin though yeah, so I think what it was was it's like linoleum with like some sort of tar back on it, oh, and then something around the edges of it too, so that kind of appeared to be roughly level. Okay. So it seemed really weird to me. I took a photo of it and then didn't. With what? You probably didn't have no cell phone. With a disposable camera, Let's my guy. Let's go. <laughs> Let's go. Dude, so, bring back disposable cameras. I think somewhere at my dad's house, probably that photo still exists. Oh, let's find it. Um, and I got two copies because... Because you had to get doubles for an extra like, like 75 cents yeah, or whatever. Exactly. Give one um, to your girlfriend or whatever. And then 10 years later, I was reading about weird shit on the internet and came across photos of the same tile. I was like, oh shit, I remember seeing that and hadn't thought about it in 10 years. I got that photo. Yeah. And it turns out these tiles that are called Toynbee tiles um, have been popping up all over the East Coast since the early 80s. 
and they're in uh, 50, no, 20 some East Coast cities, Boston, New York, Philly, Baltimore, D.C., and then as far west as Detroit, Chicago, Indy, St. Louis, Kansas City, and in four South American cities in Brazil. I don't, I'm not sure which cities, but Brazil, Chile, and Argentina. And mm. all of them have that same, those same four lines on it. Toynbee idea in Kubrick's 2001, Resurrect Dead on Planet Jupiter. But a lot of them also have additional text, like either below that or around the sides. And I'll, I'll throw a link to some some images of these so you can see what I'm talking about in the, in the description. But yeah, a lot of them have extra text uh, in addition to those four lines. And the extra text is even weirder. And when I said we might get into some conspiracies, this, this is, where this is the weird. time. Yeah. Um, so they say things like, quote, please make and glue tiles as the American media is working with the Soviet Union and its thousands of fronts in USA to... And it stops. Another one says... Okay. Under Freedom of Information Act, NBC journalists funneled FBI information on me to Soviet... Dot, dot, dot. Now the cult of the... These are all different ones. Now yeah, yeah. the cult of the Hellion are searching for more than, than on hell ideologies to get more reward. <laughs> the last one, murder every journalist. I beg you. Oh boy. <laughs> Uh-oh. Oops. So, Oops, we took a turn for the worse uh, there. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. We went we went from like fascinating art project to uh, uh international crime. I'm pretty I'm pretty sure. Yep. Yep. Oh, I so, really like this guy until the journalist murdering <laughs> happens. God damn. So Odell. these these not, were happening. Not presuming. Starting, uh, I think the earliest one was 83. Okay. And I believe they're still showing up, although now... Well, the Freedom of Information Act didn't even come out until... When did that even start? I don't know. Late enough that... Not in the 80s, I guess. Yeah. But I, th- I think they're still popping up, but now a lot of people think there are multiple people making them and people are making things influenced by them. Yeah, I mean, I would imagine that if if you, you know, if they're all connected by one phrase, anyone who just adopts that phrase and then puts something else after them. What, um, well, it's a ve- they're made in a very specific way, too. It's like cut out letters. So, um, and they were all exactly the same size. And so it was pretty obvious that the first ones were being made either by the same person or in the exact same way. Sure. And now there are more elaborate ones, different sizes, using different colors and stuff. Oh, man. A lie was born. I'm such a fucking idiot. Oh, about FOIA? FOIA started in 1967. Yeah. All right. We still need a jingle for a lie was born from Mason. I I think Eric Mason died. Why? I don't know. He, Eric Mason, I, I don't think you listen to our podcast, but if you, <laughs> you do- You just guessed on it a lot. Call me. <laughs> I texted him the other day too, and I didn't hear mm. back from him. Um, so there were, I don't know, hundreds if not thousands of these things all over the East Coast and then a few in South America. Wait, 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 wait. Yes? There's hundreds of these? At least. Probably oh, more. Oh, damn. When you said they've showed up in 20 cities, I was thinking, like, there's one a city. No, no, no. So there are, like, I don't know, probably at least 100 that showed up just in Philly. Whoa. 
And then, yeah, many in New York and D.C. and all over the place. There was one. Holy shit. And they've been found in, like, in the middle of the freeway sometimes. Always in the road. But, like, in areas where it would be almost impossible to get to. Has somebody documented, like, all of them? Yeah, so there's a, well, I don't know about all. I mean, as as many as possible. There's a... A ton of information about this at um, a website called Toynbee. That's T-O-Y-N-B-E-E idea.com. And they have a pretty, the most thorough rundown I could find about kind of the whole project. They've got a ton of photos. Um, We'll get into this in a second, but they have some ideas about who was doing it. Um, I was already like... Who the fuck is this this person? Yeah, they they have the whole history of like when these start popping up and how they were likely applied and what the message likely means and all this stuff. So toynbeeidea.com is a is a good resource if you want to dig a little bit deeper. Do there's any also, of them There's also a film that came out in 2011, I think. Okay. Called Resurrect Dead. Oh. That um I see what they did there. Documents these three guys, two, two guys that were trying to figure out who was making these. Okay. So this filmmaker followed these two guys around as they were trying to, over years, get to the bottom of who was making these and why and where and, and all this stuff. And it, it's really fascinating because it follows them through like all these different leads of people mm-hmm. they think it might have been, um, trying to track down other people who maybe were related or uh, what the information meant. So their theory on what the those four lines mean, so Toynbee yeah. likely relates to a historian and a philosopher named Arnold Toynbee, who uh, wrote, a, wrote many books, but wrote one book in which he, uh, he was hypothesizing that in the future science would get to a point where we would be able to he said rearrange or reconstruct molecules and cells so that or resurrect people basically he was saying that science will probably get to a point where we can reverse aging on a cellular level so you could repair or he said reconfigure cells and molecules sure to revert back to a point when they were healthier or younger or alive. Interesting. Mm-hmm. So that's, they think that that's what the Toynbee idea refers to, is okay. that idea that you could, at some point in the future, through science, actually literally physically resurrect people. Okay. Um, Kubrick's 2001 is obviously... The movie 2001 A Space Odyssey. Hey, bro, you want to know a secret? Directed by Stanley Kubrick. You've seen it? I saw that movie. Yeah, we've talked about this I before. know. I'm just, making sure, I'm just making sure I don't get roasted. Uh, Resurrect Dead is, again, with the Toynbee thing. And then on planet Jupiter, probably is a reference, again, to 2001, in that the movie, if you haven't seen it, is based on or uh, features a manned trip to Jupiter. It's kind of like the the overall premise for the movie. Yep. And at the very end of the movie, it goes through this. There are lots of themes of resurrection and human evolution and like this next stage in, in human life. 
and the movie ends with the big space baby looking at Earth, and it's supposed to be this like reincarnation of this astronaut guy who's ascended to a higher plane. Blah 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 blah. Yeah. Um. So maybe he's kind of mashing those two ideas. Whoever's making this is kind of mashing those two ideas together. Well, and regardless of like, I mean, I guess like it's it's referencing things, but it's not really like saying anything right. like there's not a it's right. interesting that it is it is a string of verbiage that is i guess ostensibly connected in some way but doesn't actually have like a a there, message behind it i mean at least not obviously i don't think anyone who reads that would take away anything from it oh cool got you dude sounds good right and if you did there's no way to know that it would be what would the intent was you know do do the okay so you're open to interpretation i guess what i'm trying to say totally totally so they all start with those four lines but then there's a bunch that just have add-ons to those first four lines the main tile the license plate sized thing always has those four lines on it okay and then sometimes around the edges or below it there's more there's like an add-on that has extra text and do any does any of that like seem to like you were saying that a few of them have dot dot dots do any of them seem to be like if you were to somehow sequential yeah could you connect the dots to have them make more sense not that i'm aware of i guess i'm looking for logic in something that doesn't seem super logical but maybe it is well and i think we'll get to it oh boy (laughs) because the the only thing that seems to kind of tie them together the the extra texts Mm -hmm. is um, a vendetta against the press Damn. and collusion between government and press Damn. us and russia which is kind of interesting given our current situation awkward yeah right considering this was 30 years ago 30 plus so these guys in resurrected dead started going down the path of who's making these and how can we figure it out and they came up with a few leads the first of which was a guy well i'll back up the one in argentina had an address on it so it had the four lines and then the extra text was an address in philadelphia okay so these guys got a picture of the the argentina tile with the address and went and showed up at the address in philly yeah and knocked just went and knocked on a door. And that's where Banksy lives. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think it's Banksy. Also, I, I don't think he lives in the United States. <laughs> well, you know, this dude is like Banksy, but of like, uh, like fucking Mad Libs. It's like a Mad Libs Banksy <laughs> crazy person. So they show up at this guy's house and it looks like somebody's home, but nobody comes to the door. And... Uh, a few of his neighbors are like outside on the street and they start talking to him and they're like, oh yeah, it's this guy, Sevi that lives there. And he doesn't really like, he doesn't mess with anybody. He doesn't talk to anybody. He never really seems to leave his house. Uh, none of us really know anything about him. Mm-hmm. And uh, like, okay, well, do you know how long he's lived there? And they're like, I don't know, a few years. There was a guy who lived there before him named Julius uh, Julius Paroli, or as they called him, Railroad Joe, because he apparently l- worked for the railroad. That's a cool name. Right? So they get these two leads that maybe it's this dude, Sevi, 
or maybe it's this dude Joe, and they start doing some research into the two of them. It seems, for what it's worth, it seems to me that if you were going to be like essentially vandalizing city streets all over the world and like putting up these weird things with anonymity, you wouldn't just randomly be like, also, here is where I live, like on one of them in a foreign country. I mean, right. maybe you would, but also in the 80s, in the 90s, you would have had to do a lot more work to connect those dots. You yeah, would have had to go that together. That's you would have true. had to go to Argentina, see this, and then go to Philly, and then also care enough to do anything about it. Right. Yeah, it's a lot different when someone can take a picture and put it on Reddit and go, "Anybody live in Philly and know this dude?" Yeah. Oh, that's my neighbor. Oh, yeah. yeah exactly. Yeah, right. No, it's that, done that, in twenty four hours. Didn't exist in the eighties. Yeah, this took okay. decades to sort out. True. 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 So, but now they have two names and an address, and so they start doing some digging, and. Uh, they found out that this guy, Joe, who worked for Conrail, um, was, so Conrail was the rail distributor. They distributed like all kinds of stuff throughout the, the East coast. And they figured out that all of the cities that these tiles were in were cities that Conrail went through. Oh. And the furthest East that the tiles went, or I'm sorry, the furthest west that the tiles went is also the furthest west that Conrail went. So it was an exact overlap with their routes. So Railroad Joe, when he's uh, stopping off in random towns, is having a couple beers and running out into roads, laying down some wild shit. Which doesn't totally make sense, though, because all of the tiles are on the road. Right. This guy wouldn't have a car probably if he's, you know, traveling by train and to train yards and stuff. He wouldn't, it'd be kind of hard to bring materials with you, I would think. Maybe, maybe mm, not. Could have a little knapsack with you. You also, you probably are staying overnight in towns. Like you have right. one night where you stop here. He probably got some weird hours too. So you could go out in the middle of the night and not be seen. Oh, yeah. That's true. Um, they also found that there was indeed. A connection to Chile too, because um, when he was when Joe was working at a rail yard in Philly, uh, the world's at the time the world's largest telescope was being built at an observatory in Chile. Tight, and the parts for it were being shipped through the rail yard that he worked at in Philly. Interesting, which is sort of a loose connection, because obviously he wasn't taking a train to chile but i think their logic was maybe he could have like had a contact in chile because he would have been in communication with whoever was receiving these materials sure or he could have thrown something extra in a shipment and been like hey man you want to you want to get in on this and put my tag down in in the street in chile right or or maybe randomly depending on like you know maybe Maybe they also did like international shipping and they were sending like a foreman for a project along with the shipment right. to make sure it got there safely or it something was, like that. It was a connection, but sort of a loose one. All right. I um, fuck with it. I fuck with it. And then they found out that Joe died in 1987. I knew you were setting me up for this <laughs> to not be right. Damn it. I was so, so ready. Joe was a dead end. But uh, this Sevy dude who still lived in the house... Seemed like maybe he could be legit. 
And they go back to the house and to try and talk to him again. And they notice this time that there are a bunch of like partial tiles and pieces and materials in the street around this dude's neighborhood. As if... As in they'd been like set in, like practice sets? Yeah, as if he'd been like testing tiles and, and ways of applying stuff. So uh, they also found, as they were researching, this connection to a playwright named David Mamet. I know Mamet. Oh, okay. Yeah. Cool. I, I didn't know that name until until I started looking into this stuff. Mamet wrote uh, Glengarry Glen Ross. Uh, uh, super popular 80s movie that had like okay. Alec Baldwin and um, a bunch of like old cats in it. He also wrote... Um, Oh shit! I'm gonna forget it now. Anyway, yeah, I know Mamet. He's a he's a he's a super dope writer. Okay, so Mamet wrote a a, a short play called Four A.M. that actually hits on all four of the ideas in the in the tiles. Oh, interesting. So there's a scene in the play which was written in 1983, the same time that these started showing up. Okay, um, in which a radio host that's based on Larry King. Uh, gets a call from this guy who starts talking about the movie 2001 uh, that it's based he says that the the movie 2001 is based on the writings of Arnold Toynbee which obviously it's not it was written by Arthur C. Clarke um, and he starts talking about reconstituting life on Jupiter and saying that everyone who's ever died on earth is going to be reborn on Jupiter and the radio host, the like Larry King guy in the play, tries to like correct him and say like, "No, that's not right. It was Arthur Clarke." And wait, what are you talking about? This doesn't make any sense. And it's just supposed to be this weird late night call in that doesn't make sense. Yeah, yeah. But it perfectly mirrors the stuff that's being put down on the streets all over the East Coast. So then the question becomes. Is someone being influenced by Mammoth's play, or is Mammoth's play being influenced by something he's seeing on the East Coast? Because I know he's from the East Coast. So, they also found an article from 1983, which mentions a Philadelphia man who called into Larry King talking about bringing back dead people on Jupiter. Tight. So it sounds like Mammoth heard this call in one night on Larry King and decided to write it into his play or yeah. heard it and didn't remember hearing it and just like subconsciously inserted it into this play. I've heard before like in interviews and stuff that he's big on actually writing down like coffee shop, like, okay. like interactions with people in order to be, get better at dialogue. Like that's one of his suggestions on writing is like, write down what how people actually talk yeah. and then read it back to yourself you can see how conversations actually go because most often when people are writing plays they're not really good at like exchanges people cut each other off and it's awkward and it stutters and shit yeah um so to me that would make a lot of sense if dude was just like up late you know three whiskeys deep watching the you know watching the fucking news and being like all right you know i'm gonna write this down and then go like oh damn this could be kind of interesting if i flip yeah. it into something else so yeah, it sounds like he heard this call in, wrote it into his play, which means, though, that it was based on a real person who, in the early 80s, was calling up talk shows 
trying to get this message out about resurrecting dead on planet Jupiter and Arnold Toynbee. Who may or may not have also been creating linoleum tiles to tell other folks I mean, it about it. It has to be, right? right. It's got to yeah, be the yeah, same. Yeah. There's no way there are two people independently coming to that conclusion. I sincerely don't think so. And no. it doesn't even, it, again, it doesn't even make it's sense. Sort of like not, it's nonsense. It's sort of nonsensical. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And so that was the first time that they were like, oh, this guy was trying to work with the press. Obviously, no one took him seriously because this idea is basically nonsense. And far out as fuck, even if it's not nonsense. Yeah. And then he kind of started on this vendetta against the press. Interesting. So he felt rejected. His message wasn't getting out. So he, he decided to get his message, quote, message out by doing these tiles as like a PR campaign. And then also started like giving the middle finger to the press and saying, murder all journalists. Yikes. I beg you. Yikes. They also came across a guy who claims to have been handed around the same time, early 80s, handed a flyer in a park with this same message on it. Interesting. And In Philly? Yeah, this is all in Philly. And they went to a, uh, a shortwave radio conference, which looked a whole lot like the MUFON meeting that we went to. Yes. And... Uh, that sounds cool as fuck, by the way. People who fuck with shortwave radios yeah. are probably cool and weird. And uh, because on the flyer that this guy got, he said there was a a shortwave radio frequency printed on it. Oh. So this guy, whoever this was that was handing out flyers, had like a shortwave or a pirate radio station. Dude, and can we have one of those? I mean, not legally, but yeah, sure. Are you? Are they illegal? Well, pirate radio is inherently illegal. Pirate radio just means you're broadcasting without a license. Oh. Shortwave is, I think, fine. I don't know who actually listens to it anymore. Probably old guys who go to shortwave radio conferences. But oh, anyway, yeah. so they went to this conference in Philly and just asked around, like, hey, does anybody remember this? Uh, is this is this concept familiar to you? Right. Do you yeah. remember this call? And there was sure. a, he called it. It was the Minority Association was the name of his, like, whoever was doing this, that was what was on their flyers, and that was the the radio. For those of you listening, I'm squinting my eyes a little bit. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm waiting and squinting my eyes at the same time. So anyway, they uh, they went around and just started asking all the guys at, the, at this conference, like, does this sound familiar to anybody? And one of the guys was like, yeah, I remember... Yeah, I know that dude. I remember somebody... Uh, who wanted me to, he asked if I could, if he could use my P.O. box. It was another shortwave radio guy that needed a P.O. box for like listeners to send him stuff and asked if he could share mine. And I said, sure. Huh. And he never got anything. <laughs> no one ever sent him anything. And then I didn't hear from the guy. Aww, totally. And they're like, oh, do you remember, do you remember the dude's name? He's like, no, I don't, may, maybe like if you throw some names at me, something will, will stick. And the first one they say to him is uh, Sevi. And he goes, oh, yeah, Verna, which is the dude's last name. Oh, shit. So he confirmed that this dude that lived at the address that they found on the tile in Argentina was also handing out flyers with the same message on it and was also doing weird shortwave radio broadcasts of this quote-unquote message. Yeah, cool. So they now know. You better not be like, 
Just kidding. He died in 1988. No, no, no. <laughs> but so they they now are like very sure that it was this dude. Yeah. The only thing that's throwing it off is that there there was one article that was ever actually published about this idea. Hmm. And it was in the um, the Philadelphia Inquirer again in '83, and by the uh, by Clark DeLeon was the writer, and it's a uh, maybe three paragraphs. It's really short, and he is just saying how he got a letter from this guy named James Marasco, saying that the planet Jupiter would be colonized by bringing all people on Earth who had ever died back to life. And then changing Jupiter's atmosphere to allow them to live. Okay. And he's basically just saying, like, I don't know why he chose to write this article because he's just saying, like, this sounds crazy to me. And, but it says, Marasco is a social worker in Philadelphia who came across this idea while reading a book by historian Arnold Toynbee, whose theory on bringing dead molecules back to life was depicted in the movie 2001 A Space Odyssey. Whoa, crazy. Marasco said, quote, there are no scientific principles I've found that can make this possible yet, especially colonizing the planet Jupiter, which has a very poisonous atmosphere. The possibility of giving that planet an oxygen atmosphere is beyond science fiction writers' imaginations. So he's... Roasting it. Yeah. While still... No, 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 no. That was... Marasco wrote this to De Leon. So, okay, oh. De Leon is, Clark DeLeon is the writer at, at the Philadelphia Inquirer. He gets a letter from some guy named James Marasco. Got it. Outlining these ideas. But in that letter, Marasco also says, this isn't possible. Right. Which seems to be contradictory. Right. Um, hey, man, I just wanted to let you know that this is not a thing. Yeah. Like, right. What? Um, James Marasco also said in the letter, he's trying to contact talk shows and newspapers to spread the message. He's even founded a Jupiter colonization organization called the Minority Association, which he said consists of, quote, me, Eric, Eric's sister, who does the typing, and Frank. (laughs) If I had a time machine, bro, Mm -hmm. take me there and then. Yeah. I want to drink a beer with all those people right now. That was the only thing that ever made it into the press about this. One guy from the Philadelphia Inquirer just said like in the weird news section or something, look at this crazy letter I got this week. Isn't this guy strange? Huh. But it's the exact same ideas that are on the Toynbee tiles that seem like they were almost definitely made by this dude, Sevi Verna. Right. So they keep trying to get a hold of this Sevi guy. They, they call his house. His phone is disconnected. They call his mom. Damn. <laughs> right? They found it. Well, I mean, this was like, you could look in phone books still, I guess. Yeah, yeah. Um, still can. Yeah, well, not going to find a whole lot. but That's true. Um, they, they actually got his mom on the phone who said that he couldn't be responsible for the tiles because he can't travel due to a lung condition. Which, all the stuff except the South American ones... That sounds like that sounds like a son's like uh right if, hey, you, hey ma if anybody ever calls about this <laughs> either that or it's like it's like honey why don't you come visit me anymore oh ma I got a lung condition that's <laughs> why I can't fly to Boise Idaho they were all also in places that could be accessed by car except the South American ones but right. someone else could have done those 
Yeah, or he could fly and his mom just is either protecting him or didn't right. know. Right. So they uh, they keep trying to get a hold of dude. They keep talking to his neighbors. Um, and they come across this guy who says he heard this message about the Toynbee idea and 2001 and all this stuff. But he heard it on his TV while he was watching the 10 o'clock news. Uh, but it wasn't like part of the, the broadcast. Like his signal, his TV signal was hijacked for a few seconds. Is he was freaking the yeah. airwaves to get his yeah. Toynbee message out? Yeah. Damn. So they, they talked to this guy who it would have been sometime in the mid 80s, late 80s, was watching the news and it suddenly flipped over to this guy broadcasting his Toynbee idea. Bro, flashback to our very first episode. Yeah. Uh, for new listeners. No. Wasn't it? Wasn't it the what if you got away with it one? Yeah, wasn't that the first one? I don't know. It was one of the very early what ones. If, go whatever. The first five or yeah, so. Whatever yeah, whatever number it was. Go back to what if you got away with it where the, we talk yeah, about freaking the, TVs. The Max and Headroom stuff. Changing what people are seeing and listening to. Yeah. Damn, this dude was so committed. Right. God damn. So they're putting together this information from all over the place. They got this info from the shortwave radio guys and his neighbors and this guy that like just heard they were into this shit and it sounded familiar and told them about the TV freaking story. Yeah, yeah. And so they're spending more time in this dude's neighborhood and uh, one of his neighbors is just like, yeah, he's really, it's really weird. Like I just never see him during the day. His car is super weird. I, I looked at his car one day. <laughs> I'm going to get specific. Don't worry. No, <laughs> I just... I almost don't want you to get specific. Oh no! Like the number of images that I've created in my brain for how weird this dude's car might be is pretty great. No, she she said she looked into his car one day and there was no passenger seat in the front. There just wasn't a seat there. Oh damn! And there was no floorboard on that side. Oh damn! So, so they're starting to put together. Oh, he drives around, stops he, at a light when or he whatever. stopped at a lighter in traffic. He drops one through the floorboard and he just keeps moving. Yo, that's so cold. This dude's amazing. Right? And they they see this dude's car and it's got like a four foot tall antenna on it. Because he's broadcasting or he's receiving driving short or, ways? He, no, he's driving around broadcasting his message strong enough that when he passes people's houses, it's overriding their TV signal. So he's figured out a way to build a transmitter into his car and put a big ass antenna on his roof and he's driving around Philadelphia dropping tiles at stoplights and overriding people's TV signals with his fucking Toynbee idea. Bro, when I said he was committed, I didn't even know this information. Right? <laughs> well, okay. it's, and it's it's brilliant, man. Like the the innovation to come up with that way of ad, adhering something to the street cuz yeah. they're like they're borderline permanent. Yeah. Some of them have lasted 20 years. Yeah, yeah. You can do it instantly. Right. And to figure out how to transmit a signal, I, I mean, I wouldn't know the first place to start about that w with doing that. Right. And I know a, like a decent amount about electronics and, and also, broadcasting and stuff. And like, I have no clue how you would start to do it. And it was the 80s. I was going to say, and we have the internet. <laughs> right. He's reading like I don't, popular mechanics or going to the library and checking or, out textbooks. Or, or some professional experience that somehow yeah. led him to this. So when he's doing it entirely by himself. Yeah. What because the other, th sorry, one th to, to tie in the Marasco thing real yeah, quick. Yeah. 
these guys also tracked down a letter that James Marasco wrote to some, I don't remember who it was. It was like some, he was trying to get in touch with some PR agency to get their message out. <laughs> it's the same handwriting and the same typewriter that Sevi Verna was using. Okay. So they're pretty sure that that was a pseudonym. For, oh yeah. That's the first this, thing I thought when you said the inquiry thing, I was like, oh, it's probably a pseudonym. So this dude came up with a pseudonym for his like public relations manager. That was just him sending out letters and flyers and shit to people. Some fucking Donald Trump shit where he like impersonates some fucking yeah. asshole in his own but office. Like, it's so brilliant and so dedicated to such a batshit crazy idea. Yeah, man. Well, like sometimes the, that obsession thing is that, you know, like for people who who are like obsessive compulsive, that like I think sometimes that's what leads you like you have to be not this is not to be like pejorative at all, but like sometimes you have to be kind of mentally ill to go to those levels of of uh, creativity and yeah. like relentlessness i mean that to me like is there anything more relentless than putting hundreds if not potentially in the thousands of tiles over over two decades at least two maybe three decades yeah calling news channels writing letters i mean that that level of level of level of like of like like insistent repetitive like, really creative ways too though yeah, and and, yes. way, and ways that take some skill and innovation to pull off in the first place, much less doing it over and over and over. Bro, if that dude had an album, he would be a millionaire, <laughs> right? And the the guy, I forget the Justin Dewar or something, the the dude in the in the film, um, Resurrect Dead, who's trying to get in touch with him. He writes to him at one point, and he's like, "I don't mean any disrespect. I'm fascinated by your work." And I think you've put together one of the most brilliant PR campaigns of all time. Yeah. Yeah. We're fucking talking about it. Right. And this guy by himself on a budget of zero without an actual message, I mean, as far as most people can decipher, right, has probably reached millions of people. For sure. For sure. And there's, there's documentaries about it. There are multiple websites dedicated to just documenting and deciphering these stuff this stuff there are web forums and communities that go back till the beginning of the internet trying to figure this stuff out damn i mean he's all over the country internationally one guy with no money what year did the movie come out 2011 so he was still alive in 2011 yeah yeah, he never he never returned phone calls. He never wrote back to him. He never answered the door. They never actually got to talk with him. And they eventually just were like, this guy obviously is not interested. We're just going to leave him alone. Well, they probably, I mean, if the dude has a vendetta against the press, like anything related to a documentary is probably. Well, and what he's doing is technically illegal. You know, oh, right. You're not going to get a graffiti yeah. artist to sit down on camera for an, for an interview. That's true. About their work with their yeah. name attached to it, you know. So I get it. It would be fascinating to know, have any insight from the guy who was doing all this stuff. But they're, you know, 100% sure that that's who it was. And he just is not at all interested in speaking with anybody about it. Which makes it all the more fascinating that, like, he's dedicated a good chunk of his life to getting this message out. But doesn't actually want to talk about it. Yeah. He just wants to do Or his... can't now, maybe, because of 
you know the way he's approached it he's his got a, a rap methods. sheet of 30 years of vandalism internationally right <laughs> nationally and internationally but like it doesn't hurt any it's the road that's the crazy thing too like who's gonna see him a lot of the time you drive over him right and i guess it's mostly Sidewalk it's mostly in or, cities where there's foot traffic yeah but some of them like they found one outside of the uh what's the tunnel that goes under the river in new york uh into jersey yeah um yeah that whatever one. but they, they've found him in places where like there is no foot traffic which then totally makes sense with the he's just slapping them down through the floor of his car right yeah you know, you're stuck in rush hour traffic and you rip one off and slap it down and right. keep driving and nobody's the wiser right it's fascinating man i man i would love to know more about just like that whole process. And I know the, I'm that, about to watch that documentary, that's for sure. Yeah, the the documentary is great. It's on, you know, Amazon and YouTube and all those things. Um it's called Resurrect I think it's Resurrect Dead. Oh, hold on a second. Yeah, it's just called Resurrect Dead. It came out in two thousand and eleven. Uh directed by John Foy. It's great. Hell yeah. Give it a watch. Um, I, I downloaded a Arnold Toynbee book yesterday to try and read it to see if like I could make any connections and it was 700 pages of shit that was in, entirely over my head, like from the introduction. So if you're smarter than I am, you can read Toynbee's shit and there's probably some, some cool tie-ins there too, but damn, I couldn't do it. Word. So yeah, Toynbee tiles. Strange indeed. Damn. A lot of people have found something strange. I wonder, did they say when the most recent one was found? They're still happening. It's really hard to say when they were put down. Well, and who's doing them now, too. Yeah, sure, 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 um, sure, sure. Because obviously, as it's gotten more publicity, other people have been inspired by it and have probably been making their own versions of it. Yep. Um, it seems like the originals have either stopped or at least drastically slowed down. Sure, sure. Um, in the last few years, probably because the guy got a lot more attention and got his name thrown around in very public ways. That yeah, if oops, yeah, if that were me, I would probably stop. Yeah, so I'd lay low. Yeah, I'd sell my car. But there are still a, a <laughs> bunch of the old ones still exist in New York and DC and Philly and a yeah. bunch of East Coast cities. Cool. We'll post some links to some pictures and stuff so you guys. Some can people, check them out. There, somebody put together a, a Google Maps. A Google map of all the oh, locations tight. of the existing ones too. So geocaching. Yeah. Tight. All right, man. That um, ran long as hell. I apologize. Hey, dude, it's a good story, bro. It's a good story. It is something strange indeed. We should uh we should take a break and then get into people eating sharks or whatever you're talking about. Uh not boxes of crazy. I I, I got something that's also very strange. Uh it's called the box of crazy. And cool. uh We'll see if we have time for sharks at the end of things. Whatever. We can go as long as we want. It's our fucking show. Uh, goddamn right it goddamn is. Goddamn right it is. Um, all right. So we're going to take a quick break here, and um, we'll come back on What If You Found Something Strange on the What If Podcast. What 
we're popping in here quickly just to remind you guys that uh, we set up a Patreon page. Yeah, and some of you guys gave us money, which is awesome. Thank Aww. you so much. Uh, on our Patreon page, it says that dozens of you are listening, but actually there's <laughs> thousands, uh, lots of thousands. And um, if just a few of you kicked in some ducats, it would really change a lot of things for Spencer and I. Uh, it helps us make this show. It helps yep. you get a cool coffee mug and like extra bonus shit. Yeah, it helps us do things like drive, uh, buy, buy gas money and drive in a car up to Forest Lake and interview Big Mike. Hell yeah. But yeah, we, we want to keep making this show and you guys have been amazing and have helped make that possible. So if you go to patreon.com slash what if podcast, uh, there are a bunch of different levels that you can hop in on. Um, some, some very affordable, some more affordable for depending on your situation. Yeah. And, uh, starting probably as soon as this weekend, we're going to have some extra content in there. Ooh. We're actually recording video of this podcast right now. So you might get to watch us do stuff. Be weird. Yeah. Pick our noses. Yeah. We promise we didn't dress up nice. <laughs> Not a bit. <laughs> Not one bit. Uh, yes. yeah, Patreon.com slash what if podcast. Take a look around. Uh, if it seems cool to you, throw us five bucks and uh, it'll help us keep making cool shit for you. All right. Thanks a lot. Hey, let me tell my story. <laughs> yeah, I got one for you, <laughs> bro. Ryan's turn. <laughs> Show me what you got. Let me show. I like. I don't even know what that's from. You haven't told me what that one's from yet. But this I just. Hey, let me tell my story. Oh wait, that's from the Bigfoot that's, VHS, yeah, that's right? That's the drunk guy at the Bigfoot yes. camp. I'm gonna take a picture of that so I can show it to you five people that support us on Patreon. Yeah, there you go. If, One of you can just have it. I ripped audio from it already, and it's ooh. a terrible movie. So if anybody wants a Bigfoot VHS, support us on Patreon, and you'll get to see. <laughs> Actually, the pictures on the back are pretty wild, and it features uh, the older brother from Home Improvement as one of the oh, main yeah, actors. Not, no. Zach, Zachary Ty Bryan. There we go. Yeah. Not Jonathan Taylor Thomas. Not Jonathan Taylor yeah. Thomas. Um, just real quick, those of you that supported us at $10, I think I have your address because I have to send you a mug. Yeah. I might just send you some other shit, too. Watch out. Bro. I oh don't, my I mean that as a threat. I mean that as like you might get cool books you, in the mail because my bookshelf is full. And honestly, for the uh, for those of you who haven't supported our Patreon yet either, uh, we were talking earlier about collecting weird stories, which is why we're doing a What If You Found Something Strange podcast. Or this podcast in general. Or yeah. this podcast in general. Uh, but we also just collect other weird things too which includes the books that spencer and i bought spencer's the, got a whole stash yeah, the, the of weird guesses so um so yeah that's what we meant by doing some raffles or giveaways or whatever we're just gonna like we're gonna pick some weird shit and pick a patreon supporter and be like yo you get a care package of our weird <laughs> shit you tell us to stop. <laughs> <laughs> hey man uh, i got like four of those i didn't want any of them the last one really weirded me out i'm gonna stop so. supporting you guys so you don't send me dumb shit in the mail anymore <laughs> it's not okay, dumb thanks, it's bye. tight as hell um this is the What If Podcast. We are talking about what if you found something strange. Hey, let me tell my story. And I have a story about something strange for you. Um, Spencer, how much do you know about the box of crazy? Uh, almost nothing. All right. Tight. I, I have... Googled it when you told me about it, and I hadn't heard of it before. And you were like, that sounds fun. Let's talk about it. And it looked cool, and I didn't read any more, so you could tell me about it, <clears throat> about it on the podcast.
That one was waiting, just waiting to get out for a while there. You guys, you didn't hear from me for a while there because <laughs> I was trying not to spit my Surly all over my Mac laptop because those things would oh, not your have Mac gone well laptop. together. Good for you, bro. It's your fancy ass. Um, Can't just call it your laptop. It's got to be your Mac laptop. I, Did you almost spit it into your Spencer RE20 for, microphone? For what it's worth, Spencer has multiple <laughs> Macintosh products on the desks in front of him. Shh. And also, we just want more advertisers, so like maybe Apple will, <laughs> will, will support us. Um, All right. Box of Crazy. Explain it to me. In November of 2013. Ooh. This is a lot more recent than my story. It is kind of, well, it's going to go back, but it's going to go forward, too. Time, um, time travel story? Sorry. I, uh, no, actually, I just talked for like forty-five minutes. No, I'm hesitating, but actually, kind of, maybe okay. a little bit. Um, in November of 2013, on the website Imager, is it pronounced Imager or is it Imger? It's Imager. It is Imager. Okay, yeah. I thought it was. It's also but I just GIF. Wanted to be, it's not GIF. If y'all say GIF to me in public, you will see my backhand. <laughs> um. There was a post uploaded to Imager that features roughly a hundred photographs. And most of them arrive with very little explanation, except for one, excuse me, two sentences at the bottom. That say, so a friend of mine found this box by the trash. It is full of wonderful, crazy illustrations. Clearly something happened to this guy that was very memorable. It measures roughly 29 inches by 38 inches, and almost all the drawings are very large. And that's... Basically, the amount of context oh, that is provided. <laughs> I remember this. Do you? I remember seeing this on Reddit when it when it happened. So I'll explain this to you guys again. Images are a little bit necessary to at least prep the story, and I will tell you more about the story as it comes. But what you see is in this box the 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 author calls it the box of crazy. Is a it's basically like a wooden briefcase. But if it's 38 inches, that means it's over three feet wide. Mm-hmm. Or, yeah, just over three feet wide. Three, two, yeah. So it's a pretty big wooden case of things. And open, there's yeah, only... 20, 29 by 38, that's pretty big. Yeah. And and open, uh, when you look at it, the first things that they show in this, in this post are... Um, it actually kind of looks like handwriting, but I believe it's actually typewriter print. Um, there's printed pages, and then there's a periodic classification of the elements. I just got to the page about UFOs. <laughs> you're, get, you're getting ahead of me, bro. <laughs> there are UFOs and fairy bird people on the same page. You're getting Sorry. ahead of me, bro. Um, there are There is an air age map of the world which kind of appears to be something of a flat earth uh esque map with hold, hold on hold on it's just a map don't don't bring your flat earth nonsense into this, this maps is are not, flat this is not my flat earth all nonsense. you're saying is i the, have no it's flat a map earth and not a globe 
It's a map and not a globe, but it's it's an overhead shot from the top. Um, flattened out, I guess is what I'm trying to say. I'm not actually saying that the Earth is flat. Y'all better quit coming at us with that <laughs> nonsense, or we will... We will. We're not doing it. We're not doing it. We're not doing it. Or we're gonna do it as a Patreon only episode, and Spencer and I are just gonna make fun of flat earthers for like an hour, and then that's all we'll do. I'm gonna, I'm gonna tell you that we're gonna do it as a Patreon episode, (laughs) so that you flat Earth people go sign up for our Patreon, (laughs) and then we're never, and then we're never gonna do it. And I'm gonna take your ten bucks for a month and tell you that you're dumb. (laughs) Um. So. There's there's very little um, again there's very little like explanation of all of these images and these documents and these drawings, um, you know each picture has a has a very short description personal items this is a letter I can't make out much of the writing um, some of it is in Danish or another language um, uh, now it gets into a part where the guy says begin the crazy now things seem to get odd it seems that the artist of this saw a UFO in Tampa Florida in 1977 and then there are drawings of flying discs and flying fairy people with uh, markers and text and notes and all kinds of things what uh, um, there's another rendering of a winged creature with four faces um, and then things sort of go off the rails. There's <laughs> because that wasn't that wasn't off the rails. Uh, I guess that was off the rails. But then it's like cutouts of different perspectives of these four faced winged creatures. There's a lot of screaming cows. Screaming cows. There's yep, yep. scrawls and sort of um, geometric shapes. Uh, these winged creatures keep coming up over and over and over and over again. Really good drawings, though. Yeah, right. There's actually like uh, what appears to be some semblance of um, like perspective and um, and sort of shaping and uh, I guess so. I should I should clarify these are dated in the 30s and 40s and 50s. So all of the documents that are in here are not from 2013. This was found in 2013, but everything inside of this box is dated much, much earlier, like uh, 50 to 60 years of that. For not earlier. everything. Not everything. Most There's, of it. This Tampa Bay UFO is dated July 7, 1977. I'm sorry. I, I misspoke. I should have said much of this goes back as far as the 30s or 40s is gotcha. what I meant to say. Not all of this is only from that. Um there is a delightful image um, that, again, we'll post a link to this so you guys can find it, uh, but is colloquial, colloquially referred to on the internet now as the alien Puma space train, which... I don't think I saw that one. That uh, sounds amazing. Is a... It's the name of my next record. It, yo. Alien Puma space train. Yo. It, yeah, I mean, I mean all I'm showing Spencer a picture right now. It is it is basically all of those things. It's a drawing of a winged train with a puma face with its paws resting over two wheels of what appears to be a train. All aboard the puma train, bro. In, indeed, my guy. Indeed. <laughs> so this gets even stranger when the drawings become less directly artistic and more directly prescriptive as it relates to what a appears to be an invention of some kind 
Yeah, there are a lot of like technical drawings. Yeah, so it it doesn't really start. At least the post doesn't start with technical drawings, but it arrives at technical drawings that appear to be um, like mechanisms of a sort. Um, and they look like. I mean, honestly, they look like if you've ever seen like a CAD drawing, they look like a CAD drawing. Yeah, but they're done by hand because ostensibly they're super fucking old. Um, but what you start seeing or what you start to see take shape through some of these drawings is a ball bearing, like a bearing mm. drive, uh, a differential motion bearing. Um, and the drawings of it are really, really specific. And there's a lot of them, like a lot, a lot of them. And if you think this is just a box of crazy, um, the internet has, of course, gotten a hold of this, as this is how I stumbled upon it. And somebody made that bearing with a 3D printing machine. And it's pretty psyched. We call psyched. those 3D printers. What did I say? A 3D printing machine? Mm. Man, shut up. <laughs> Take that shit outside. Uh, and uh, apparently it's pretty hype about it. What, so, what does it do? Did it summon the Puma train? <laughs> I don't think it summoned the Puma train, mm. but um, but the internet has been doing not just, they haven't just made the bearing, they've also dug extremely deeply, similarly, I guess, to uh, Sevi and his things. The Toynbee tiles. The Toynbee tiles. Uh, the internet said, what the fuck is that? And where did that come from? And... Um, I guess the easiest way to say this is to just tell the story of what this stuff is and where it comes from. Because the internet has done a super good job of backtracking and creating a pretty good story about where this comes from. So far it seems like an art student took acid and read Ezekiel. You could say that. Okay. Um, you could definitely say that. The... Through the information that is included in the box, which it's not what was in the box of crazy is not all included in the imager post. Um, oh, so there's more of it. But basically what they tracked down, some of it apparently was signed by the name of Daniel J. Christensen. Okay. And a good Christian name. Very. Um, and I. I don't want to, I like, the, I could tell you via forum comments how people did this, but there are like full on Reddit. It's not 4chan, is it? It's not, it's not Thank 4chan. God. There are full on, um, like Reddit communities that have dedicated themselves to researching this and figuring out where this comes from and who this guy yeah. is. In fact, Reddit of, loves a good mystery. For sure. In fact, one of them is called Bored Weirdos Alien Puma Space Train. <laughs> So if you want to go hop on the Alien Puma Space Train subreddit... <laughs> Doing it. I'm going to use my uh, Apple Macintosh computer to you, do that. You can do that. Um, Daniel... I got to Alien Puma and it Google finished the rest oh, it for knows. me. Mm -hmm. Oh, it knows. Um, Daniel Samuel Christensen. So some people thought it was a J. Some people thought it was an S. It appears it's actually an S. Uh, Daniel Samuel Christensen was born on November 27th, 1904 in Denmark Okay. to a family of Seventh-day Adventists. Okay. And uh, 
which would explain maybe some of the the imagery has some religious overtones Flying and undertones wheels and to four-faced it. Four-faced things. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, Bible aliens. Bible aliens. Um, he basically uh, moved to the United States. Um, excuse me. In 1927, and uh, went to college, moved to Jersey. Um, people basically tracked this dude through his whole experience. I'm going to put that aside. You kind of get a vibe for like the age and timeline and location that this person came from. Um, this same subreddit hunted down the person who found the box. And basically wanted to say hey like can we can we kind of do what they did with the sevy thing can we can we figure out where the box came from who made the box we trace it all the way back yeah, yeah you know do you know this person what are they your neighbor what are they like yeah <laughs> are they doing weird stuff how many seats does their car have yep um and so the girl who um she actually has a username on reddit and actually she created the username that's my box because apt her Very and her apt. boyfriend username checks out as they say on reddit right um her and her boyfriend uncovered this stuff a long time ago her and her boyfriend uncovered her box a long time ago i i knew you were gonna make a box joke in here <laughs> i was like gonna try to get past it i don't know what you're talking about get that shit out of here <laughs> um they uncovered a bunch of this stuff i'll say daniel christensen's things uh, a long time ago, were kind of weirded out by it. Basically, what they were doing was they were renting a home. They toured the home. They went in the basement, and they were like, hey, um, there's a bunch of weird stuff in here, and I don't want to move in until the shit in the basement gets taken out. And the guy was like, yeah, no problem. So the landlord uh, was like, we'll take out some of it, but like, can you help us get rid of some of it too? Um I, I don't know. It it seemed more like a shitty landlord situation where like yeah. they took out the stuff that was in the places that they cared about, and then they were like, "Fuck you, take care of the rest," kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, so essentially, she tries to get rid of all this stuff. Has friends who are m- helping her move in, take this shit, like just dump it, get rid of it. Um, and one of her friends who was supposed to help her get rid of this stuff was like, what the fuck is this shit that we're getting rid of anyway? And was like, oh, this is kind of cool. Well, one of them left one of these boxes by a dumpster mm. and the person who found it is not the that's my box person. Right. The person it's the guy who, f- who posted it on Imager slash Reddit. Exactly. And this was in Florida now at this point. And he found it outside of his apartment because one of the girl who's who originally stumbled upon the cash in the home she was renting had given the things to one of her friends and that Mm. friend lived in the same apartment building as this other person so like degrees of separation right yeah so and then he eventually decided to just toss it well not until he took all the pictures he's no no, i mean whoever the the friend who originally took it some of the people kept it for a while and then decided to toss it and then this guy on reddit found it and took pictures and posted them. Yeah, or some of the people were actually just being like, oh, this is just crap that's in my friend's basement and I'm going to take it back to my, you know how like you don't want to fill up your dumpster, so you're like, yo, can you take us to your apartment dumpster or whatever. So the reason that she has the username, that's my box, is because later on they 
kept one of uh, one of his pieces. Essentially, the the thing that she tries to make clear in this interview that they got her to do, it's not really an interview, but it's basically like she talked to this guy and this guy talked about what their conversation was like. She created that username because they Googled this stuff after the fact because someone was like, oh yeah, there's a bunch of this stuff out there about this guy with the name Daniel Christensen and these drawings and like weird shit you should check it out. And they're like, yeah, right. Like this was just a weird thing that we found in a house that we were renting. And they were like, no, 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 like look it up. Mm -hmm. And she had to create the username. That's my box because the box of crazy had already like kind of gone. I mean, it's got a million views on imager. A lot of people have seen it and she had to basically be like, oh yeah, I can tell you the backstory because it was me. Like it came from the house that I was renting and getting rid of. Quick aside. Yes, sir. Uh, so Two of my homies who, Ryan, you know, yes. uh, Mr. Andrew Poitras yes. and Chris Hooks, yes. used to, uh, they shared an apartment and when they moved in, they found uh, a bunch of weird stuff in the basement Type. and posted it to Reddit and it also blew up on Reddit. Really? Yeah. Except what they found was like 2,000 porn DVDs. No way. <laughs> Two thousand. It, it was. I'm, I can. I'm on Reddit. I can. I can probably find the post. Uh, porn DVDs basement. I feel like this is just a lesson to all of us that we need to move more often because we're gonna find cool shit in basements and houses that we're not supposed to. Uh, well, I guess it depends on <laughs> your opinion of two thousand porn DVDs and whether or not it's cool. Uh, I can't find the post because Reddit search is a disaster. But. Yeah, it was it was the like top post on Reddit for a, a day or or so. Yeah, and uh, they moved in this house, and somebody had just left like the biggest stash of physical porn I've ever seen in my life. Wow! And then phenomenal. Uh, before they could like get rid of it or figure out who it belonged to, their landlord died, and I think they end up just like selling it all to some weirdo on Craigslist. I mean. That makes sense. You don't want to, you don't really want to sell something like that one at a time. That's way too many I, I weird interactions, I wouldn't want to touch right? any of it, I don't think. That's a good point, But too. You, I guess you kind of have to get it out of your house. Yeah. Anyway, uh, if you find weird shit in your basement, post on Reddit, and you'll get like kind of famous for a few hours. You'll get all the karma, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so, long story short, what she finds out, or, or, or the... the um, what is drawn together, I guess, is that Daniel Christensen, after living in the New York, New Jersey area for a while, moves to New York to retire. She said that what is... Florida, you mean? What I say? You said he moved to New York. Oh, from, from the New Jersey, New York area, moved to Florida. Yeah. And in his house that he rented in Florida was either bringing this stuff with him that he had created from a long time ago or continuing to create this stuff. She said that what is on imager in the box of crazy which i'll restate is literally a hundred if not i think it's 120 or something 120 plus images uh she says is something like less than 10 percent of the amount of his things that were in the home that were similar to this tons of writings and drawings and all of these things and people have tried to make some sense of the the train and the gear and the aliens coming down and like was this some did this dude have some sort of experience where something well, showed its 
himself to him and he thought that he had some godlike experience that gave him knowledge, etc. If a lot of this, you said a lot of the stuff was dated like 40s? Uh, right? Yeah, yep. Is it possible that the 1977 thing was not his own experience, but a like uh, a fictional, like he was writing sci-fi or writing slash illustrating sci-fi type of stuff? Possibly, yes. Um, the I think maybe more the idea of it is that it it goes back so long and doesn't have like a arc of. It seems more like it's a guy who's trying to figure something out more than it sounds like it seems like a dude who's like trying to tell a story per se, if that makes sense. Based on what? Like the CAD drawings of like this gear that he's trying to figure out as it as it mixes with there's no actual narrative to any of the other things. Well, yeah, but they also said it's ten percent of stuff. Yeah. And well, maybe it's maybe it's like a, a sketchbook. I don't know. If if I were I could see a story in which maps and alien god beings and technical drawings could connect in some weird sci-fi way. Well, yeah. maybe he was working on uh who was the guy that Pete talked to us about the uh I do I Harvey It actually strongly reminded me of that Rodney story Dangerfield. too. Who the, <laughs> what the what was that? What episode is that from? Henry Darger. Henry Henry Darger, yeah. Yeah. It was out of the art episode we did with Pete. Yeah. But maybe he was working on some sort of big, epic, fucking Game of Thrones sci-fi story. So, I would have believed that to be a possibility until this part. Okay. The woman from Florida who rented Daniel Christensen's house and asked the landlord to remove the things from the home mm -hmm. said that one of the things she had asked the landlord to remove was a machine that was in his bedroom. She referred to it as a wooden craft with a seat and slots carved out to fit Daniel Christensen's hands specifically that appeared to be well used. Wait, 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 wait. How would she know that? Which part? That it meant to fit his hand specifically? As in like carved carved into like a not like not like just random like 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 uh I don't know, like someone like traced your hand and then carved it into like wood, I guess. I don't know. I'm not okay. saying like genetically his DNA. I'm just saying like that appeared to be carved to fit a human being's hands. Okay. Um she says that it had spinning spheres and from her description looked a lot like the diorama designs that he had been making with like the rotating things that went around it. So our boy made a, a time machine. <laughs> if you go <laughs> After through getting information from the four headed alien gods, if you go through the text of a lot of the stuff that he reads, he claims that he's traveled through time on the Puma train or uh, actually, I have to read this clip from this guy talking about the interview because it's my favorite part of the entire thing. He says, 
It's with this machine that Christensen claims he traveled through time and also claims to have communicated with aliens. The manuscript that she, the girl that he interviewed who mm. moved into his home, the manuscript that she owns describes in detail how Christensen claims to have built his machine, how he time travels, how he has had out-of-body experiences, and the diet he eats to prepare himself to travel. Then this guy comes in with his Fuck own yeah. personal thing that says, so what I'm trying to say is that at one point in time on this blue dot of ours existed a living, breathing alien Puma space train, <laughs> <laughs> which I will say is a little bit of a leap, but I'm very thrilled with his ability to make that leap. It's quite a statement. Uh, and then he follows it up with choo choo motherfuckers <laughs> all aboard. The alien Puma space train lives on. Can't um, argue with that. The the thing that I was like, okay, immediately I was like, okay, prove it. And he's actually uploaded right. imager, another imager link where she sent him uh, like five or six things that didn't come from the original box of crazy that are totally in the same like handwriting mm -hmm. and type and fonts. So she has another one of his works that I don't know what she's done with. I, can't, I couldn't find anything about whether or not she's published anything else or put anything else out there. Damn. But she proved to him, like, she's like, yes, I do have some of this dude's shit. Um, at, for a period in time, there was an Alien Puma Space Train art exhibit in, uh, in London where uh, I don't know if they took the actual physical pieces from the Box of Crazy or if they was, like, poster-style images of them. Um, they made, like, a diorama that was based on one of the diagrams that he made and, like, put it up in this fucking museum and shit. I'm, I'm envisioning um, a, like, model train exhibition. <laughs> Kind of, except <laughs> except with all of these wild ass images. Except all the trains are jungle cats. Jungle cats with mm -hmm. wings and four faces. F flying spinning wheels. Yeah. Um, I'm into it. Yeah. So anyway, Daniel Christensen and his alien Puma space train. Um, That's a good one. The, the, That's a really good one. The album of images is really fun to look at. Like even if you think it's just nonsense, it's actually kind of beautiful and mm -hmm. strange and cool. Um, invariable proportion and projection aid is just like one of the titles of one of the images. One. Um, he, yeah, he just has some, some real wild stuff and Yo, I love the idea. What of if he time traveled and he's Bruno? <laughs> back to, <laughs> yeah, back again, back again. Um, yeah, man, I love the, I love, first of all, I love the idea of this dude having built this machine in his own bedroom. Like, uh, well, it's eight thirty. I guess I better uh, time to work on these spinning over, orbs. <laughs> roll over into the time machine. Time machine here and uh, fire it, up the orbs. In the words of future people, choo choo, motherfucker, <laughs> all aboard the alien Puma space train. Hey, gotta keep that diet right though. Yeah. So check out uh, Daniel S or J, depending on what you Google. Daniel S. Christensen and his alien Puma space train and the box of crazy. Nicely done. I'll yeah, put man. a link to that that imager album in the in the notes too. For sure. Um, sweet. Let's. Uh, we're gonna take one more quick break, and then we're gonna come back and we're gonna wrap things up with a very short story about finding something strange in a place you wouldn't expect it. Uh, before we see you off for the week, uh, we'll be right back. This episode of the What If Podcast is brought to you in part by Button Poetry. Check them out right now by visiting buttonpoetry.com. 
Button poetry is nothing like the traditional poetry you heard in high school, and they're certainly not the same old, boring dead guys that are going to put you to sleep. Button poetry features poets of all ages, races, sexual orientations, and backgrounds, and as a poetry press and an online destination for spoken word and slam poetry videos, Button Poetry publishes poetry that moves people. They believe that real current stories and real current voices are more necessary now than ever. You know, everyone says changing the world with art is impossible, but at Button Poetry, they're sure going to try. So check out everything they have to offer. There's books, there's videos, there's commentary, there's learning, there's education. There's so much stuff uh, that you can get by checking them out at buttonpoetry.com today. You will fall in love with poetry all over again, or maybe for the very first time. Sharks eating people. The sh- the people shark- eating sharks. <laughs> sharks eating people. The sharks Ram eating sharks. Is pretty. It's not. I mean, it's a pretty easy. Is, one this, to tell. is this two weeks in a row with sharks? Didn't oh, we talk about yeah. giant sharks eating large sharks last week? We totally did. Yeah, dude. Some some dude tweeted at us today saying we should do a full episode on Megalodon. I mean, I'm not I, opposed. We talked about him a little bit last week. Yeah. Not, not really. Not really. We didn't really get into it. I'm hesitant to get into the whole like weird mythical animals, the cryptozoology realm, if you will. You guys, it took me so long to understand that term, and I feel like I've heard it like a thousand times in my life. I mean, it's two like normal-ish words. Sort of. Crypto- Crypto is secret. Zoology. Animals. Secret animals is a pretty good description <laughs> of what we're talking about. <laughs> but I never knew what people were talking about. Like not specifically. They were talking about secret animals, no, bro. <laughs> I get it, but I guess I didn't know that like that was the that was the blanket term for fucking Loch Ness Monster and uh Chewbacca. Bigfoot? Chewbacca's a secret animal. You see that uh fucking Rob Lowe is doing a Bigfoot Hunter show now? Shut the fuck up. <laughs> He and his kid are doing some Bigfoot Hunter show. That's real. I think it's Rob Lowe. I had to pause. I know we're supposed to talk on this show, but I had to pause for a moment. I'm pretty sure Rob Lowe Bigfoot show. That yeah, that's exactly what I'm looking for. Great Thank job, you, Google. Google. Way to way to predict what I do want. First result from Fox News, no less. Rob Lowe claims to have seen Bigfoot while filming new TV show. There you go. Oh man, who? I mean, it's it's has... bullshit to hype some new show he's doing, but. Who has the cojones to air that business? He calls it a wood ape. (laughs) (laughs) I was making a joke about Chewbacca, but a wood ape is way better. Wood ape. Holy bananas! He saw the wood ape in the Ozark Mountains. No way. Low also said he believes in ghosts. (laughs) Cool. My guy. The Low Files premieres on August second on A and E. A and E. Well, there you go. That's who it is. All right, sharks and sharks and whales and Bigfoots. We apes. like sharks here because sharks are fun to talk about. Uh, okay, our last story on what if you found ate a, ate a shark? What if you found something strange? <laughs> what if you ate a shark? That would take a while. I saw an article that I almost tweeted it and then I didn't because I don't know. But uh, I saw an article today about a shark that tried to eat an entire whale. Oh boy. Mm-hmm. Did it take H- breaks? Hungry, hungry sharks. <laughs> <laughs> now he, he 
he did not succeed. I I like the, I like his ambition though. Yeah, I mean, shoot your shot, you, Mr. Shark. <laughs> you see a whole whale, you damn well better try to eat that whole whale before other sharks show up. I feel like you should call the squad up. I feel like that would be the better way to do it is be like, yo, hit the hey, squad. Man, we gotta look out for number one. I guess. All right, I'm gonna stop interrupting you, sharks. No, nah, you good. Go. All right, our last story of the day in in uh, in finding something strange on. The 25th of April in 1935 in Sydney, Australia, uh, there is a uh, it's a zoo or an aquarium. It's called the... Is it a secret zoo or just a regular zoo? It's a regular zoo. It's not a secret <laughs> zoo. Uh, for some reason, they call it... It looks like it's probably Coogee, but I want to call it Coogee. Cause it's Coogee. It's because Coogee's tighter. Yeah. Uh, it's the Coogee Aquarium Baths. Ooh. Uh where a uh, a newly captured three and a half meter long tiger shark, it's mean, has a new uh, exhibit at the Kuji Aquarium Baths. Okay, uh, three and a half meters. What is that like? Ten-ish feet. Fifteen feet. No, a meter is roughly three feet. So that'd be ten. Yeah, to, okay. Ten to eleven. Feet. Almost exactly ten feet. Okay. Um. This this newly captured and put on display tiger shark promptly in front of a group full of people seeing the new uh, exhibit at Sydney vomits up a human arm. Wow. Uh, they they say regurgitated by a captive shark. I mean, I that's say, what vomit means. I, actually, my favorite part is this article I found about this says the fish became ill and vomited. After eating a human? I guess. <laughs> or at least part of one? What they, How long had it been captive for? Only a couple weeks. That seems like too long still, though. I agree. I don't know much about shark digestion, but that seems like a long time to have a full arm in there. I agree. Although, uh, I, there's no lead to bear here. I'm just going to tell a story. Also, no one reported missing an arm? Well, someone... <laughs> Pe- people were reported dead. Oh well, that'll that'll do it. <laughs> not not directly, just missing an arm. Um, what had happened was a guy who was mixed up in some other uh, nefarious things. I'll say in the Sydney area, uh, Sydney area smuggling, gambling, whatever. Uh, who was also a boxer in Sydney. Um, was killed and chopped up and put in a trunk and thrown into the uh, Sydney Harbor, I guess. Sure. Sydney Shark Zone. Yeah. And uh, the trunk obviously atrophied over time. Lid comes open. Body parts go flying into the ocean. Or like shark smells blood in a trunk and bites his way through it. Um, And actually what they found out because essentially the first thing they did was they cut open the shark because they're like, is there more dude in there? So they killed it to try to well, find God out. Damn. If Let it, that if shark was... live. <laughs> I mean, it was just doing its job, right? It was eating a person. Yeah. That's what and then you captured do. it. Don't capture it if you don't want to find people in it. But they don't know. They don't know what else is in there. So they're like, well, shit, we got to figure it out. No, you don't. Is there more? Are there more peoples in there? You don't know. If it couldn't keep one arm down, it didn't eat multiple full people. Well, what it did do is it ate another shark that ate the arm. <laughs> Dope. <laughs> which is which is kind of badass if you think about it. 
And it hadn't the arm hadn't been digested somehow still? I actually the way that I think it the reason that it lasted as long as it did was if you think about it, a smaller shark ate the arm and then the big shark ate the entire smaller shark. Yeah. So the digestion would happen around the arm. So the actual the smaller shark would have sort of like you know Hold hold on, hold on though. So it ate a whole shark that was big enough to eat a whole arm? I mean, it's a 10-foot-long shark. I don't know. Yeah, but a, a, an adult arm is three feet-ish. Yeah, but... So a shark eating an arm whole has got to be at least six feet-ish, right? Eh, four feet. You're just going to swim up and swallow... four feet. Okay, you're going to swim up and swallow a four-foot-long animal? I mean, I'm not I'm not entirely sure exactly how, like, the biology of it all works. And then, if you do, you digest that whole thing, but the arm inside of it doesn't get digested? That, I don't think that doesn't it, add up. I don't think it was all of it. That The reason they know is because they found some of the other shark in it. I th- I'm not saying the only thing it barfed up was just, like, a, a perfectly brand-new arm. I think it probably... <laughs> Still just flapping. It, yeah, right. Just waving it at the people <laughs> looking at the sharks. Actually, though, the craziest part was the the way that they found out who it was that got murdered is because a guy had gone missing, and they, like, tried to compare it to recent missing persons reports, and... They identified a the dude who was a boxer had a tattoo on his forearm, and you could still see his tattoo. Still see the tattoo, yeah. Man, sharks are weird, dude. At, in my mind, I are mean, they like snakes? They just eat whole stuff. I mean, and then barf it up later. That sounds like. Wasn't there a, a snake who like barfed up another snake recently? I don't know, but that sounds cool. I hope I there's think a video. He did. Of I that. think a snake ate a whole snake and then just puked him back up, and it's like, <laughs> yeah, fuck you, I can do that whenever I want. Leave me alone. <laughs> It just to prove he could. Yeah, <laughs> this this snake he barfed up was still alive. He was like, "Now nah, fuck gotcha, off." He's <laughs> <laughs> like, "Fuck off, slither away." Yeah, that's right. You slimy as shit now. Dude, Get out eating, of here. Ugh. Yeah. Mm. yeah, man. Not uh, not the way to go. Being hacked to death. Nature, you scary. And then, and then eaten not once but twice <laughs> by well, the second time is whatever. That's Shit, true. the first time you'd already been cut up and put in a trunk. That's I mean, what I'm saying. But you just you really made your way through the food chain. Hey, out here. Good use, good use. But yeah, I've, if I was a child uh, hanging out, being like, "Mommy, look at the tiger shark," and he just was like, <laughs> "Just a dude's arm in a, an aquarium." Think about that moment, dude. Did they immediately cut him open? I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm imagining somebody I'm, like <laughs> diving into the tank with a like with a, a meat cleaver, <laughs> <laughs> like a hunting knife, and just in front of all the kids wrestling the shark. Oh, just I crunchy! <laughs> I got a fucking man in it. Chopped fucking crocodile Dundee just dives in the tank, rips it open down the stomach while he's like pulls underwater. open just a series of Russian nesting sharks. <laughs> <laughs> Well, that's it for this week. <laughs> it's not getting any better from here. Oh, um, man. Guys, have a good week, and we'll uh, be back next week with the uh, Shark Time podcast. Russian nesting sharks is definitely the coolest <laughs> band name we've come up yeah. with so far. Yeah. Whoever uh, wants to design t-shirts, there's another one for you. Grim, holler. Um, oh, man. All right. Well, yeah, that, that that definitely does do it for Finding Strange Things. Yeah, well, this, this is like the longest episode we've done. You're welcome. Slash, we're sorry. We, yeah, don't, we don't know how, how you guys feel, about, feel it. about it. I don't really care. Uh, I if, thought it was fun. If you think, Yeah, I thought it was fun, too. Uh, if you think we should be sorry, then hit stop and say goodbye. If you <laughs> if you think you're welcome is a better, uh, is a better approach, 
Um, hop over to iTunes for us and leave a rating or a review. Uh, so many of you have been so kind to say nice things on there, and it really helps us out a lot. So That would be it, awesome. It literally takes like 15 seconds. Um, just bop over. You probably already have the feel. app open if you're listening to us. Right, right. Um, you can just hop in there and do it. So, um, yeah, it would mean a lot to us if you threw us a rating or review. Like we said, check out our Patreon at whatifpodcast.com. We're going to be adding some cool content and some uh, probably some more levels eventually in there. It's at patreon.com slash whatifpodcast. What'd I say? Whatifpodcast.com. You can go there, too. That's great. That's our website yeah. where there's cool stuff. Yeah. That's what I meant. Yeah. All right, um, y'all. Yeah, that's it. We'll be back, as always, next week. Later. Until then. Love you. Bye. We'll be back next week with another episode of the What If Podcast. Learn more at www.whatifpodcast.com. 